Welcome to the First Baptist Barberville Weekly Sermon Podcast. At FBC Barberville, our mission is to gather, grow, give, and go. Join us for live worship on the Court Square in Barberville, Kentucky, or to learn more about our church, visit fbcbarberville.com. Here is Pastor Tyler Shields. through the book of James this morning, and we're quickly uh, coming up to the end of James, and we'll be finishing it up this month, and then of course going into the Christmas season, but this morning we're going to be in James chapter 4, which we began last week, and in that section of scripture, James continued to really discuss the condition of our hearts, right, Uh, elaborating on the way that it is our hearts, uh, that that's, that's the driving force behind everything that we do. Uh, even the bad stuff. James kind of talks about how it's, it's that old heart that drives us to say and to do things uh, that we shouldn't say and do. And he very clearly, if you remember last week, described that inner battle between our old sinful nature and the new person that we're supposed to be in Christ. And we talked about how not only do we fight that battle, but we're daily bombarded by influences all around us. And so we have a battle raging inside of us. And we have to fight a battle outside of us as well. And it really painted a very uh, pretty ugly picture for humanity, right? But the good news was when we got to verse 6 last week, and James introduced us to a solution called grace. And he says, not only does God give us grace, but God gives us greater grace. And he quoted scripture saying that God gives that grace to the humble. So that's where we left off last week. This week, James picks up right where he left off. And he talks about how we practically appropriate that grace in our lives by drawing near to God in several different ways. Of course, grace is free, right? Otherwise, it could not be called grace. However, grace does place demands on those who receive it. As one writer said, grace forms even while it forgives. You see, grace that covers up your wrongs, but really leaves you where you are at a distance from God is a very cheap form of grace. Our God, fortunately, does not offer cheap grace. He offers greater grace, as James says, amazing grace. So let's look at James chapter four, beginning in verse seven. James says, with all that in mind, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, And he will flee from you. Draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands sinners. And purify your hearts you double minded. Be miserable. And mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning. And your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord. And he will exalt you. Don't criticize one another. Brothers and sisters. Anyone who defames or judges a fellow believer defames and judges the law. And if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver and judge who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? So again, this passage builds right off of the previous one we talked about last week. And that quote that James left us with from the Old Testament last week comes from Proverbs chapter 3. And it's a simple reminder that those who think that they're something special, right? Because of their 
heritage or their success or their influence or power or wealth. Those are the ones who will be opposed by God or resisted by God. And he says those though who are humble, they're not going to be opposed. Those are the ones who will receive this incredible grace that God has to offer. And the key verse here this morning for us is verse 8 when it says, Draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. And here's where I'm, I'm, I'm at this morning. I understand that many Christians simply desire to feel more God in their lives. Many Christians want to get back to that place in their life, in their walk with the Lord, where you sense his presence, where you hear his voice, where you experience his joy and his peace and his love in your life daily. Because you've drifted away for whatever reason or by whatever means. And this morning you have that desire to get close to the Lord again. Today James gives us four methods of drawing near to God. um, Or even doing it for the very first time. And what I want you to see this morning is what James takes us through. This will apply to every portion of your life, young or old. And it even applies to that person who wants to begin a relationship with God for the very first time. The first way we draw near to God It's through submission to God. James says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. This is the first step on that pathway towards God. Many times we talk about resisting the devil, right? It's all the devil's fault. James very clearly teaches in his little six-chapter book, it's not the devil's fault for all the silly things that you do, right? It's your fault. It's your, your own heart, it's your own choices, and you've got to take responsibility for that. And so the first and most important step in fighting temptation and fighting against evil and the devil, and to be free from all that, is submission to God. Now this term submission is very common throughout Scripture. In most cases, it's used to mean to yield to the perspective or the position of someone else. For example, the Apostle Paul tells Christians, all Christians, to submit to one another. He tells wives to submit to the spiritual position of their husbands. Peter tells the young to submit to the old, for slaves to submit to their masters. Even Christians are called to submit to their government and their rulers appointed above them. But James tells us first and foremost, we're supposed to submit ourselves to God. So what exactly does that mean? What in its simplest understanding, submission, I think, could be very similar to surrender. It's surrendering or submitting yourself to God's will and to God's authority over every part of your life. It's yielding to that will and that authority and being compliant to God's will in your life. So submission to God, it really is a core doctrine of the Christian faith in a world that's consumed by leadership and rising to the top what we really need today is greater followership people and men and women who are willing and wholly committed to submitting to following the Lord Jesus Christ with every part of their lives it's what Jesus disciples taught us and I love going back and reading about uh, how Jesus disciples he simply called them to do something right when he first met met them and, and brought them to himself what did he say he said follow me In other words, Jesus was saying, I want you men to fully commit and submit yourselves to me for this period of time, your entire life. And that's exactly what they did. Now, when we drift away from the Lord, there's usually a very clear line back to a point in your life somewhere along the way 
where you didn't submit part of your life to him for whatever reason. Now, we're okay, you know, for example, giving him this part of our life, right? Hanging on to this part or, or trusting him with this area of our life, but maybe not so much over here or following him this far, but maybe we're not willing to go that far. And so when we do that, here's the problem. When we don't submit or fully surrender to God, the enemy has an opportunity to gain a foothold in that area where we're not being submissive. And not only then are we fighting those battles like we talked about last week inside of us and fighting against the influences around us, but now because of our insubordination to God, we're actually fighting against God and even the devil. We have nobody on our side at that point because we are unwilling to submit to God. What a miserable place to be in. And maybe you know what that feels like this morning. And that's why James simply, very simply says, submit to God. Then resist the devil. Work against him, not for him. And he will flee. Maybe there's an area of your life that you need to submit to the Lord this morning. Maybe you need to submit to God for the very first time and enter a relationship with him and follow him this morning. The second way we draw near to God, those through repentance towards God. Verses 8 and 9, James says, draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands. Purify your heart to be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to joy and mourning. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. So what James does is he goes back and he uses Old Testament language here to make his point clear to his audience. You draw near to God. First of all, you have to do that. What does that mean? You have to be going in the right direction, right? You have to be actually traveling towards God if you're going to draw near to God. Many times we turn away from God for a whole variety of different reasons. Could be that we don't want to submit to His will or His kingship, His authority over our lives. We want to do it our way. Could be that we're fighting against what God truly wants for us and wants for our lives. It could be that we're ashamed and we're guilty. And because of that, we're afraid to get close to God because we feel like in light of who He is, we're going to be exposed as if He doesn't already know everything about us. But God desires that we come to Him, that we turn from the way that we are, we turn from the direction that we're headed, and we run into the arms of a loving Heavenly Father. That's what repentance is. And in doing so, a true repentance, James says, requires a few things. In the Old Testament, people literally washed themselves for, for purification. In other words, they took a, a ritualistic bath in order to cleanse themselves. Now, that, we know that doesn't work, right? You're not going to get in the tub and wash all of your sin off. I wish it was that easy, but it, it doesn't work that way. So what do we do? Well, James says that, first of all, we're to mourn and to weep over our sin. That we're to be broken because of our sinfulness. And then we're to turn from it. And although we can't physically wash it off, we can be washed and cleansed by the Lord Jesus Christ. And in our grief over our sin, with a repentant heart, we have to go to the Lord and we have to lay all of our mess down before Him. Say, Lord, I cannot clean this up. I wish I could wash it away. There's nothing I can do about my sin, about my mess, about my guilt. I need you to fix me. And guess what he does? He fixes you. He cleans you. But it starts with repentance. And I think if we want to be made clean, if we want to be made whole, we have to realize that's something we can never do for ourselves. We have to repent from all of that filth 
Lay it down before the Lord and let Him do the work that only He can do. And I'll tell you this, the cleansing power of forgiveness experienced through repentance is a very powerful thing. There's a lot of healing. There's a lot of peace in that forgiveness when you're made right with God. And suddenly that weight, that burden that you've been carrying is lifted off of you. And suddenly as Christ takes that up on Himself, you feel like you're made new. Maybe you can remember what that felt like in your life, Christian. We must, must draw near to God through repentance. third thing James tells us is we must draw near to God through humility before God. Now, James has repeatedly talked about humility. It's something that we've hit pretty hard. It's, it's a very uh, common theme in the book of James, really throughout the Bible for that matter. We've talked about what humility is. And as a reminder, we said true biblical humility is really bridled or restrained power for the sake of someone else. And we said a couple weeks ago that that was perfectly demonstrated through the Lord Jesus Christ, who even on the cross had the power to come down off the cross, but restrained that in His humility and obedience to God for our sake. James says that God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So without humility, it's simply impossible for us to get close to the Lord. Humility reminds us who we truly are in light of who God truly is. Humility is that thing that keeps us from mistreating those that we're supposed to love, that we're called to love around us. Humility enables us to be kingdom-minded rather than self-centered. And in Christ's kingdom, many things are just backward from the way we live. James talked about this when he compared godly wisdom to worldly wisdom. Things are just backwards in the, in the Lord's kingdom, right? For example, James tells us that the pathway to freedom is submission. It's submission to God. That the pathway to joy is actually to mourn and to weep over your sinfulness. And likewise, the path to exaltation, James says here, is to be humble. And as we do these other things, as we submit ourselves wholly to God, we repent from our sin and turn more towards Him, and we remain humble before Him, I think it's at that point we really begin to experience more of Him in our lives, in His presence in our lives. And I'll just tell, I'll be honest with you this morning, the more of God's presence, the more of God in your life that you experience, the more humble you become. It's kind of a a both-and deal. You have to be humble to get there, but the more you experience Him, the more humble you are. Because, listen, it is a humbling experience to stand amazed in the presence of your Creator and Him not smite you down for who you are. To be able to talk with Him, to commune with Him, to approach His throne of grace, and to consider that, that He, God Almighty, wants to spend time with you it's humbling. And not only that, but to think that, that the very one that spoke everything into existence, that he just spoke it and it, and it was, that he longs to, to use your life in his kingdom. He wants to take your experiences and your gifts and your talents and do something with that in his kingdom as if, as if he needs to. It's humbling. The final method of drawing near to God is that we draw near to God through obedience to God. Look at verses 11 and 12. James the just, old camel knees. He goes back and he brings the law back into this again. He references the law and he goes back to all those rules. And he addresses an issue that very likely his readers were dealing with. 
And that one, what's one that many continue to deal with, and that he says anyone who defames or judges, or in other words, anyone who slanders someone else, is ultimately breaking God's law. You're breaking the law of love. And you have also slandered and judged the very law itself. In other words, he says you've made yourself a judge and become disobedient to the law. What he's saying is if, if, if you're a critic of God's ways, the way that God wants to do things, then you're obviously not concerned about being obedient to those ways. Obedience, I think, is one of the quickest and surest ways to draw close to God. And on the flip side, I think that disobedience is one of the quickest and surest ways to get away from God. Because what is disobedience? Ultimately, disobedience to God is sin, right? And sin can be anything that separates you from God. It can be something that you eat. It can be something that you drink. It can be something that you take. It can be something that you watch. It can be a relationship that you're in. Or anything that takes too much of you away from the God that loves you. That would be called sin. And if you're feeling distance from God today, I think the very first thing that you need to check in your own life is the presence of ongoing sin and disobedience to God. If you do that and you're good and your conscience is clear, then I think you need to make sure that you're actually being obedient to the Lord. That you're following Him with every part of you and being obedient to everything that He wants you to do and His leadership in your life. And I'll add one other thing to this. I, will, I truly believe that delayed obedience is also disobedience. So that's how we draw near to God. Through submission, through repentance, through humility, through obedience. And like I said, this is true for every believer at every stage of life. As you go through this, this process, it's also something... It's true for that person that needs to come into a relationship with the Lord for the very first time. You got to start by submitting yourself to Him. Being humble about who you are, that you are a sinner that desperately needs a Savior. And then as you submit yourself to Him and become obedient to Him and you commit to following Him for the rest of your life. And maybe <laughs> if you're like the rest of us, you'll have to go back through this process when you realize there's something that you've left out. The Holy Spirit reveals something more to you that you need to be obedient. Or you're being disobedient in this area. And you know what? Yes, Lord, I've got to submit that to you as well. So where are you today? Do you long to be closer to the Lord? I think a lot of us could honestly say that this morning. Do you need greater submission to Him? Do you need uh, more submission to His plan and His will and purpose? For your life? Do you need repentance this morning? Is there something that's, that's standing between you and God that you need to get away from in order to follow Him? Do you need to turn away from some things and just simply turn back towards the Lord? Do you need greater obedience this morning to commit to following Him with every fiber of your being? Or this morning, maybe you're here. And all of this sounds great and dandy, but you realize you simply need Jesus. Well, I can tell you one thing. No matter where you are on that spectrum this morning, I promise that God will meet you there if you'll just ask Him. Stand together as we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word this morning.
God, we know that this can be tough sometimes as we try to follow you and we get in our own way. We allow things to get in the way. We allow things to come between you and us. Lord, it's, it's humbling to know that you're always there to take us back. If we'll submit and we'll repent, we'll become obedient to you, Lord. Thank you that you're so gracious, that you're so merciful to us, that we can run back into our Father's arms like a lost prodigal that simply lost their way. Father, this morning, if someone's here and, and that's them, they've, they've, they've went astray, they've lost their way, they've got a distance between you and them, God, I pray this morning that they would draw close again. That they'd come back home and make a fresh commitment to following you, to, to being with you, to having a wonderful relationship with you, Lord. And God, if there's someone here this morning, they don't even know where to start, they just need saved. Lord, I pray that you give them the courage to make that decision today and follow Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. This morning, if you want to come and pray, of course, this altar is open. If there's a decision you'd like to make or talk about, if you just need to pray, why don't you come as we sing a song of invitation this morning. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon podcast. Please subscribe, but also join us live in person on the Court Square in Barberville or find us on YouTube by searching FBC Barberville, on Instagram at first underscore Baptist underscore Barberville, on Twitter at Barberville FBC, or on our Facebook page, First Baptist Barberville.